Praise the Lord, and welcome to our weekly podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. My name is Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr., and I'm your guest host for today's podcast. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked and misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. Our producers have put together great episodes that will cover a wide range of topics, including a focus on family dynamics. During this episode, we will continue our discussion on generational curses. Today's podcast was produced by Elder Maurice and Lady Satoya Clanton, who also is an editor along with Sister Tanika Harris Coronado. I'll be right back with today's podcast. Today, we will continue the topic of generational curses, which we have renamed generational patterns and behaviors. Bishop Bellamy introduced the topic of generational curses. He discussed how generational curses are not biblical curses because Jesus took away the curse. There are patterns and learned behaviors that have passed down from generation to generation. Our guest for today's podcast is Elder Maurice Clanton. Pastor Maurice Clanton Sr. is a dedicated and faithful husband, father, and man of God. He and his wife, Lady Satoya, have been married for 17 years and have three beautiful children. As a young child, Elder Clanton knew that he would serve in ministry one day. A native of Ithaca, New York, Elder Clanton served in several roles at his local church. Elder Clanton served in several roles at his local church, including youth leader, home mission treasurer, choir member, usher, and cook. In 2005, he relocated to Montgomery, Alabama with his wife, and there he began his ministry under the leadership of Pastor Lover Barnes Sr., serving as deacon, minister, elder, and assistant pastor until he assumed the role of pastor after Pastor Barnes' passing in 2014. In 2017, the Lord moved Elder Clanton's family to Tennessee. And from there, Pastor Clanton and his family visit and support the regional churches of the Ministerial Alliance Association of the Apostolic Faith, MOF, for which he serves as assistant chairman. Good morning and praise the Lord, Elder Clanton. Praise him. How are you doing today? Doing well, sir. We're so glad to have you with us for today's podcast. Thank you. I want to let you know that uh, you and Lady Satoya have done a fantastic job on uh, producing the segments on generational curses. They have been educational and spiritually enlightening. Thank you, sir. With the help of the Lord. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Tell me, Elder Clanton, what is your 
initial understanding of generational curses? So for me, um, growing up as a pew baby, I, my understanding of generational curses or patterns of behavior as we have identified it as in this podcast um, has developed. You could see it manifested more so being called out by other churchgoers or whatnot, saints, if you will. As an adult, when I realized that one did, the word lets us know that we are not under a curse and that Jesus became a curse for us, that we could be free, then my understanding of it's a choice and it's more learned and repeated than an actual curse that is unbreakable or unchangeable. So would you say that the curse was nailed to the cross and because of Jesus, we're free or we have the opportunity to be free? Absolutely. Absolutely. He said, the word says, all to hang upon a tree and a curse. Curse of them to hang upon a tree. And when Jesus stood in that place for us and took the sin of the world onto himself that we might be free, we have nothing else against us. The Bible declares that the judgment was set, but how when Jesus died, we have peace with God through him, through Jesus and his dying, him offering himself as a sacrifice for us. So not only can we live free and separated from sin, but more so nothing that's in my bloodline, whereas we know that in the Old Testament, he dealt with the head and it covered the whole family. But now he deals with us one-on-one and it is because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can go boldly to the throne and get what we need without fear that we're still covered because of being born into sin. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm so glad that that God does not um, attribute my father's sins to me. Amen. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Can you share any experiences that you had that others would feel are generational curses? The first thing that comes to my mind is being in a home with a single parent. So as a as a young person, there was a father figure, if you will, in the household. But before I got to my formative years, there was no one. And my mom raised me and my four siblings by herself. And that is probably by far one of the widest shared, if you will, um, generational curse, the single parent, the divorced household, and that being a repeating thing that my mom may have had a divorce and I got divorced and my grandmother was divorced and her mother and father divorced. Broken households are one of the number one causes for a lot of things that we find ourselves faced with and attribute to generational curses. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I recall specifically talking with an attorney who previously was a social worker. And one of the things that he said to me was, he worked with several young African-American men. And the mentality was, my father is in jail, I'll go to jail. Mm -hmm. 
another mentality was because so many young African-American males die early, we're gonna live life large, make as much money as we can, have as many children as we can, because we know that it's not likely we'll live to be 25, 30 years old. Can you speak to that, please? Absolutely. That is a perfect example because I can't do no better than they did. That's what I'm, I'm destined to do. So if my father didn't stay at home with his kids and raise them, then that's what I was destined to do. And you see that a lot of times. Well, I can't do any more than the example that I was given. And when we started breaking down these generational patterns of behavior, and understanding how that we separate ourselves from it is the first to just look and see that there is a, a pattern, especially with the, the system with the parent in jail is more regularly seen than anything. My father went to jail. I'm going to end up in the streets as an adolescent and going from juvenile to end up in real prison. And then it just, you have a child and they're left with that same broken situation. My father's in jail. I mean, I've heard of stories of three generations of men being incarcerated because of that, that pattern. My dad chose the easy way, like his grandfather did, like his dad did, to make means or to provide or what, however you want to justify it, you know, the negative thing just keeps rolling forward. Yes, sir. Each family experiences some type of generational pattern or habits. Can you share with us any negative generational patterns or habits that have affected your life? Yes. So I guess the second thing that I would think of is because of the father not in the household, we didn't have all of the things that we needed. And I say it like that because we had to use programs to meet the needs. Now, my mother was a hard worker and she worked until she became unable to work. But even with all of her sweat and tears, we still wasn't putting food on the table without some welfare. And I vividly remember, you know, having that great day <laughs> of the month where mom comes home from the Department of Health with her envelope full of these famous coupons that we were going to get to eat. We were going to get all of the snacks and all of the treats and all of the stuff um, into the household. And when I look back now, you know, when those ran out and the food got low, it got tight. It got to the point where you didn't have all of the choices. You, you may have had some TV dinners come in the house, but when those ran out, you know, now you're, you're some boiling chicken or, you know, you're cooking a, a full meal because the convenience stuff is the first thing to go when you're in a household of five. But when you, when you think about that lack and stuff and how did, you know, you didn't have money for the, the fancy clothes or, you know, even new clothes. I'm a middle child, so I endured a good deal of the hand-me-down program, which to some would be a shame 
or a scandish um, to not be able to get new clothes at the start of the school year. And so, but because of that, that pattern, you know, no fathers in the house or that income missing, not even like a father not in the house, but he's providing for the kids. No, that wasn't the case. You know, we grew up black in New York and poor, <laughs> if you will. Um, you know, utilizing all of the programs that were in place because of that lack. And it's not like it was a uncommon thing. It was, you know, a big program that a lot of people utilized. I believe everybody remembers the, the government cheese and the other commodities. <laughs> yes, sir. We had our commodities cabinet. That peanut butter made some of the best cookies, but it was not good on a sandwich. Look, <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, we had the cans of mystery meat and we had the, the cereal with no flavor. To look back now, it was like a badge of honor to endure the things that we endured. But if, if my kids were to have to go through it, they'd be like, dad, you're, you're punishing us. Or you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're not right for this, you know, <laughs> look, but we, we toughed it out. You know, we, we may do with what we had. And in that time we didn't feel poor, but when you, take perspective and you look back hindsight's 2020 yeah we we were poor but we were rich because we had those extra avenues to get stuff into the house and to make our ends meet yes sir i, I saw a meme on facebook and it said something to the extent of if you ate these commodities in the 70s you can survive the pandemic <laughs> yes sir <laughs> now that we understand that generational curses are simply generational patterns and habits how do you identify that you have fallen victim to, to patterns and habits so as we we pulled out from the previous podcast it's about alignment so when you see something that is presenting itself to you as something outside of your control or something that you just can't obtain, you first have to realize, is this, and I wrote it down, a trick of the enemy? Is this thing something so great that I can't remove it? And, I, and we, you know, we quote the scripture, we said we can speak to the mountain and tell it be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. But when we are faced with these patterns or these habits that have been passed down, we be defeated in the face of it a lot of times until we get spiritual and understand that these are spiritual strongholds and attacks to keep you from where you need to be in God. His job, the enemy, that is, is to distract you from your purpose. So if I'm worrying about poverty or if I'm still kicking around the can that I didn't have a dad in the house and it didn't help shape me because of these generational curses that befall us, then we're, we're not going anywhere. I have experienced negative stuff that 
if I didn't identify that it was negative and not profitable to me and ask the Lord to help me through it. And only by his help could I get through it. I would still be tossed and, and still stuck right there in that mess. So the, so ultimately you need an, a relationship with the Lord. We can't do a lot of things by ourselves, but with him, we can do all things according to the word. Paul is the one that told us that we have to examine ourselves. And when I take inventory of my life and, and how it's progressing, I have to be real with myself like, hey, this is not helping me to line up with where I need to be. And whether it's the shame of this thing or, you know, depression of that thing, whatever it may be, there's so many things that people attribute to curses. But once you take in your inventory and you realize that, hey, this is not lining up with what I need. I done did my mental inventory and I see this thing is causing me to not progress forward. And it's just as simple as when they talk about the fruits of the spirit, how did you have to have these, but there's a whole list of stuff that you have to put off and you have to remove. And if you're not consciously mindful of there may be something attaching itself to you that you have to remove, that thing will, will cause you trouble. So getting in line with the Lord, building a spiritual life of fasting and praying and a closer walk in his word, those things will help you weed out nonsense that is only meant to cause you to falter. Yes, sir. In the uh, previous podcast, we were talking about some of the, the family patterns that we have fat back in the greens, chitlins or chitterlings that some people call them. <laughs> yes, sir. How, how does that natural phenomenon impact the spiritual man? I would say it's about being wise of what you invite into your house. So just like with the chitlins or the, the the yams or the sweets if you without checks and balances continue to ingest and, and enjoy those things the the symptoms will eventually appear whether it's high cholesterol or diabetes or hypertension and all that stuff that we we already covered so when you're looking at the spiritual man if i'm not eating the things that are pure and honest and just and of a good report, then what I'm going to speak out is not going to be those things. I'm going to curse and not bless. I'm going to have railing and I'm going to have all types of unprofitable fruit. Now, when we look in the word and we talk about our spiritual man and we talked about the fruits of the spirit and putting on things and taking off, one of the fundamental things that they expressed when we're dealing with the spiritual man is that we're known by the fruit that we bear. So a apple tree cannot bear oranges. It's a fundamentally impossible. So a spiritual man should not have corruptible fruit 
And if you're producing corruptible food, it's because of what you're feeding yourself. And a lot of people talk about fasting, like uh, taking fast from social media or from TV and stuff. Those things help your spiritual man. They center you so that you can hear from the Lord. There's so much white noise in the world that if you don't unplug and detach yourself, you, you won't hear from him. You'll question his very voice because of all of the minutiae if you <laughs> that we allow to enter our our mind and in and being sober and being vigilant we have to guard our mind so just like with the eating some things are not for you if i know that i have an issue with like bishop with sweets i need to take the advice that i don't have to buy them and bring them into my house because it's just like an addiction. If you buy it and you bring it in the house, you're going to eat it. <laughs> it is inevitable. So, but if you don't buy it, you can't bring it in the house and you can't eat it. The same with the spirit, man. If you say, nope, I'm not going to watch that movie. People were talking about that movie and it looks like it's going to be entertaining, but maybe I should spend some time in the word or maybe I should pray. You know, give myself to some prayer, some 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 real prayer, not that quick trying to cover the bases prayer, you know, <laughs> that, that, that we do sometimes just so we can get good credit. And we have to be honest with ourselves, but sometimes we'd be like, Lord, I prayed, maybe not as fervently or as long as I should have, but I think they say the road to heaven is paved with good intentions. <laughs> but if we apply a conscious mind being sober to the spirit and what we're feeding our body and our mind, it's just like with the natural. Sometimes you have to turn down your plate for naturally. Sometimes you have to turn off everything for the spirit so God can get a word through. Yes. And, and I understand through experience that it's difficult for me to minister to someone else if I have a pattern of being on a sugar high, a pattern on having high blood pressure because of the things that I've eaten, it affects my health. And if my health is not optimal, then it limits my ability to be as spiritual and to be a spiritual blessing to others as well. How did you change your mindset of thinking that because certain things in your family, those things would also happen to you? It ties right back into my conversion into salvation. Once I was baptized and I received the Holy Ghost, I understood things differently because some things are only going to be revealed by his spirit. And when you pair that with reading the word and understanding that some things are coming. Peter said, I won't have you be ignorant concerning Satan's devices. Some stuff is coming that we have to suffer through, that we have to go through, but it's so that God can get the glory. As we were looking into this, this topic, one of the scriptures 
did I, me and my wife covered but we didn't get it into the podcast an initial episode was the story of the man that was born blind mm -hmm. and how when the onlookers came they had a question and i mean it might have been a fitting question for the time and that could have been how they operated but they were like well who sinned did he sin did the parents sin that he was born blind and the, the answer that came was no one sinned, but that the glory of God could be revealed. So some things that we're faced with are purposeful and for a reason. Some things are just so there'd be a testimony. Simply placed, the Bible declares that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So if there is no testimony how can people understand that there's a way out that i faced this thing but god turned it around i get excited when i think about how many things that i know that the lord being on my side by me being saved from as they say a tender age it saved me from experiencing some of the things that could have befalled me, especially the, going back to my first example of uh, the father not in the household. If it wasn't for me being saved and, and actually seeking to be saved, I would have not gotten connected to all of the fathers that I called fathers in my life. I had many men that filled the gap, and that's how God works. He said he, he'll be a father to the fathers, not that he's coming off of his throne and going to take you to the ball games and, and pay catch with you, but that he's going to provide all of the things that you have need of. And when I look back, I had deacons and ministers and even bishops that took me under the wing and showed me that I wasn't a curse because I didn't have a father. Because that's another, that's another one, I, I could, if I could use the word with boldness, that they talk about somebody that doesn't have a father, that is a, a generational curse or, or, or a pattern or a behavior. But because of me being saved and the Lord taking care of me, I didn't have to suffer that. I, I became a man because I stood on the shoulders of many men. And it helped me realize, hey, you know what? I may not have had the typical upbringing, but I'm aware. I am sound. I am blessed. Even though I didn't have the nuclear family or the Cosby family, if you will, God worked that thing out for me. And it put a fire in me so that I can't leave my kids. I can't leave my wife because I know how important I am to the family. When you think about the Old Testament, God dealt with the fathers. Mm -hmm. So this whole, this whole generation of fatherless homes wouldn't even be able to happen in the Old Testament. You couldn't be cursed set by your father doing something. So now if you ain't got no father, what are you left with? <laughs> so the word of God being saved and him putting people in my way to help me along the way is what helped me change my mind and develop 
a way out. Praise the Lord. We could talk about this all day long. It is an inexhaustible topic. As we prepare to close, I'd like to ask, do you have any spiritual or practical advice that you can impart to someone who feels that the history of their family is destined to happen to them? Yes. So spiritually, if you give your life to Christ and you, as the church says, get saved, you get baptized for remission of your sin, and you get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you seek him while he may be found, you read your word, you fast, you pray, those things build you up. Those things will establish you and settle you down, and you will be unmovable. You will be, as the Bible says, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall not be moved. And in doing those things is your greatest weapon against the enemy. The weapon will be formed. And once you understand, and that weapon is that curse, that behavior, that habit that, that came down to your generation, it will be formed. But the Bible says no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. So we can't get hung up with the fact of it being formed, but that it won't prosper. It won't overtake me. The word lets us know that there is no temptation that shall overtake you. But with the temptation here, give you a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. It's all common. The things that we're facing is just. There's nothing new under the sun. So from a spiritual standpoint, get close to him. Draw nigh to him, draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. And that is the best advice when you're facing something that is out of your control. Go to the Lord in prayer. Go to the Lord with fasting, with your supplication. Cry out to him because he's waiting to, to intercede for us on a natural when you're dealing with your with your loved ones and stuff, you just have to understand that there's decision, choices, and consequences. So the decision to do what grandma did and mama did, and it has its choices, whether to go left or right, and the consequences is from whatever you choose. And if we understand it, if I make this choice, the consequences are not as bad as if I made that choice. It sounds kind of vague and without many details, it can be, but understanding the simple thing that you're presented a decision that you have to make and you just have to choose which way you're going to go. I'm reminded of a question that was asked and then a statement that was made. It was like, whether it seems even to you, the third living God, choose this day who's going to serve. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve not God, but it's your choice. And the consequences are yours to have. Now, you can choose God and you can eat the good of the land. You can have the fat and all of the things that he provided, or you can have all of everything that's not that. So for me, there is nothing that with the Lord's help you can't overcome. 
And I want to encourage anyone that's dealing with depression, shame, hurt. It's all in his blood. It all can be covered in his blood. And not only will he take that pain away, but he will replace it with joy or a garment of praise. He said, for that sadness, he'll give you a garment of praise. You don't have to worry that grandma didn't get it right or granddad didn't get it right or mama didn't get it right or dad didn't get it right because right now you can get it right with the Lord. It's all right. So get right, get right. If you get right, everything will be in line. A lot of people do things out of order. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add everything else unto you. So if you're trying to fix stuff and you hadn't seeked him first and you hadn't went the way that he prescribed for us to go, you're not going to get there as easily as if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Praise the Lord. Thank you. all Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Maurice Clanton. Uh, what an excellent way to to end today's podcast. As you were speaking, you made me think about Mother Lucy Bryson, who was a member of CTCM. And she said to me, son, you have to have a relationship with God and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it done. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us today for the Elephant in the Room podcast. Please come back next Saturday for The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. God bless and stay safe.